Hello and welcome to Her Podcast. Her Podcast is a Christian women's podcast where we are bringing healing and encouragement to real life issues. So today, my friend and sister in Christ, Kirsten Doty, is going to be sharing with us and sharing from those real life issues of Sarah's life. And we are going to seek to find healing and encouragement for our own life. And I did want to just share a little bit about Kirsten, what you've already met her if you've uh, listened to the past podcast with, with Kirsten, but she's a pastor's wife. She's my pastor's wife, and she's also called the women's ministry, and she's a, a mom, a, a blogger, and she blogs for On Fire Ministries, and she just shares her gifts and, and calling with women, and we are very thankful to have her monthly tr contributing to the blog and to the podcast. So, uh, and Kirsten also has a degree in family and child studies. So we are thankful that you're here with us today, Kirsten. Thank you. I'm excited to be here again. Awesome. Well, today, as I said, we're going to talk about Sarah's life just a little bit and just find those parallels that we can about her life and our life. So in the last podcast that I did, we did it with my daughter, Taylor, and looked at Sarah's life and how impatience affected her life and how it got her into trouble. And so I wanted to discuss that same thing still with you as well. So I would just recap a little bit about the biblical story of Sarah, just to kind of bring everybody on the same page. Sarah was Abraham's wife, and Sarah and Abraham were very foundational for our faith. Uh, they really set the stage for our faith. God had given a promise to Abraham that he would be the father of many nations and that that promise would be fulfilled through the son that would be born to Abraham through his wife, Sarah. So the problem was Sarah was barren, and she was barren well past her childbearing years. So ultimately the fulfillment of that promise would require that radical kind of faith because this is an impossible situation that we're going to see here in uh, Genesis. <clears throat> um, along the way, Sarah and Abraham, uh, we see that they didn't always have really great faith-filled moments uh, in life. They had some times that their faith really faltered and like the time that uh, Abraham had uh, was scared to death that the Pharaoh was going to kill him because of Sarah's beauty and said, just, you know, pretend like you're my sister. And so um, that probably wasn't his greatest moment, right? Um, but I, I do love that part of the story because it reminds me that God uses us even in our weakness. And mm -hmm. that's always a, a wonderful thing to know that even when we lack faith, God is faithful. So. Right. <clears throat> I guess the first thing I'd like to ask you and to hear about from you, Kirsten, is the possibility of a connection with Abraham and Sarah that I think I see with you and Pastor James. And I say that from the standpoint of Abraham and Sarah's lives were the basis for future generations of faith. So I'm not sure if Abraham and Sarah really understood how much their lives would matter even to us today that we're doing a podcast in many thousands of years later um, about them. But I wondered how much you feel like those 
lives of future generations will be impacted by you and your ministry in, uh, in our church today, in the church today in general. Right. Um, so when I think of Sarah and Abraham, um, I think of these two significant people that God used for such a crucial part of humanity. Um, but I haven't ever really thought about us impacting future generations um, comparably to these two people. Um, when I think of making a big impact on future generations, it's easy to think that we have to do all of these huge things and these big events to get younger people's attention. Um, but the re reality is, I believe the smaller things can have a more permanent effect. Um, for example, um, my kids are not going to remember all of the church events that they have attended and the Bible school lessons that they have learned, um, but they are going to remember if their dad and I have spent time with them, if we have invested in them, and if um, we have shared the love of Jesus with them. And I believe the same goes with the younger generations in the church. Um, I think it makes more of an impact if someone older you know, takes me to lunch and gets to know me um, and invest in my life and hear my story. Um, and I am thankful for all of those women, you know, in my past that have taken that time to mentor me and invest in me. Um, you know, James took a student out to breakfast um, maybe last week or the week before just to get to know him and encourage this young man and just to get to love on him. And I think that that is so important to do, um, to make that time to mentor the younger generation, um, however that may look. Um, it doesn't have to take place inside of the church as we often think it does, you know, but it's those oh. moments that take place outside of the church, I think that matter so much. So, yeah, yeah, that's such a good point. I'm just thinking about it from the standpoint of what you're saying. I mean, there are so many women that have really impacted my life that I know I wouldn't be in, in the place that I'm at in my faith had I not had those women really praying for me and mentoring me and speaking Right. God's word into my life and, and just helping me along the way. So that is really huge, yeah. really huge. So that is, um, you know, just thinking about bringing that mission of Christ down to that unique individual and those relationships helps us just not be, I think maybe even so overwhelmed with, um, with like this big mission but just helps us bring it down to what God is doing and work, how he's working in our lives right here and right now. So another thing that I thought about was uh, that uh, people today still hold Sarah and Abraham in high esteem in many ways. But the reality is that Sarah and Abraham, just as we've kind of already said, they were just as human as you and I are. They were flawed. And um, we can see that in their story, but God still used them. And I think that's the same, could be the same for pastors and their wives. Many times because of their position or role in ministry, people hold may hold you to high esteem. And sometimes that looks like people imposing a level of um, expectation, maybe an expectation of perfection in your life that they themselves really wouldn't even practice themselves, but they still think, but you're the pastor's wife or, you know, you're in ministry, you're called to ministry. So surely you've got to be this, you know? 
So I just wondered how you felt about that, if you've ever felt that, and if so, kind of how you handle that. Yes. So um, like we mentioned in our last podcast together, um, I have felt a little more pressure somewhat as a pastor's wife due to people telling me and James that we will constantly be watched and judged by our actions um, just because of that leadership role. Um, But thankfully, there really hasn't been anyone that made me feel that there is this unmet expectation that I have to be perfect because we know that's impossible. Um, And I love Sarah and Abraham's story because we do see that God uses imperfect people. We see it all throughout scripture. Um, And pastor's wives will definitely make mistakes at some point. Um, We may disappoint someone if we fail to meet their expectations. Um, I pray that I don't ever disappoint or let anyone down. But ultimately, we all have to remember that God has called us to do this. Um, We are not made to meet everyone's every need, every expectation, um, but are called to do God's will and what he wants us to do. Um, James and I tried to do our best to live in a godly manner and represent Christ well. So, Well, I think y'all do a very good job of representing Christ well. So as a woman in ministry, I feel that to some degree at times, you know, um, I don't think it would be to the degree that I think a pastor's what. excuse me, that I think a pastor's wife might feel that. But I do think that people sometimes impose an expectation on us as women in ministry that may not line up with what God has actually called us to do. And, uh, you know, throughout the years, I have taken heart to the wisdom of words from a pastor and professor who once said to me, no is a spiritual answer. You know, in ministry, we have to make determinations all the time of what God has called us, what is our true God-ordained calling, and how He is calling us to walk that out in our lives. And I feel a lot of tension as a woman in ministry to do what God called me to do and to honor people's expectation to a degree I think that's healthy and good. But I think that can be a really fine line. And so one of the verses that I've held on to throughout the years, uh, when I feel like people are trying to impose something on me that really isn't related to my calling or, or something that I believe God is really speaking to me himself for me to do it, is First Thessalonians 2, 4, that says, but as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak not as pleasing men, but as God who tests our hearts. So what about that verse? Have you, uh, have you used that verse in your life ever? Yes. Um, right. So I'll go back. I really like how you said that no is a spiritual answer. And I wish somebody had told me that when I first became a pastor's wife, um, I am a big people pleaser and it is hard for me to say no when someone asked me, to do something. I want to be that pastor's wife that the church is in quotes proud of um, because James does so much for the church and I do believe he does such a great job leading us and being there for people when they need him and it almost makes me want to keep up with him in a way because I've heard of incidents where people may have not necessarily 
liked their pastor's wife if she if she was not living in that godly manner um, that God has called her to in this position. Um, so not only do I want to make, you know, I definitely want to make God proud first and foremost, you know, but I also have the sense where I want to make the church proud. Um, and I want to make James, my husband, proud as well. Um, thankfully, James and I have learned over the years, though, when to say no. And that's usually if it does impose on family time um, or if we have been really, really busy and need to just slow down, um, take a breather. But um, we do know that, you know, first and foremost, our um, our first ministry is not to the church, but to our family first. So, yeah. yes. Yes. <laughs> well, that's such good discussion. So let's just talk about Sarah's story just a little bit more. Sarah had been given that promise that she would be the mother um, through God's promise to Abraham. But the time between the promise and the fulfillment of that promise was 25 years. And that's a long time waiting on a promise. But to recognize that promise to give birth to a child was given to Sarah when she was 65 years old, just to me, it sheds a different light on the situation. It brings it up to a whole different level. Mm -hmm. So Sarah was actually 90 years old when God fulfilled the promise that he gave to them. And and we know that some pretty significant and painful mistakes were made by Sarah and Abraham in between the promise and the fulfillment. So in the last Her podcast, Taylor and I spent time discussing uh, Sarah's impatience and, and her getting Abraham to sleep with her maidservant named Hagar and to have a baby through her. And at the time when this happened, Sarah was 75 years old. So this was 10 years after the promise that God had given Abraham. And I, I just bring that out to make sure that we stay connected to how easily we might fall into following Sarah's footsteps of devising our own way to bring about the fulfillment of our own desires. And I'm just saying that from I've been there, done that. So I, <laughs> I can relate to that. Um, but once Abraham slept with Hagar, um, things got pretty nasty in their house between the three of them. Hagar got pregnant and then she despised Sarah and Sarah was mad and she despised Hagar and Abraham was stuck in the middle and blamed for the whole mess. So all of that is a result of Sarah's impatience, which I believe was rooted in a lack of faith and mm -hmm. trust in God. What do you think? Um, honestly, if you gave me a list of how many times I have been impatient with God, um, we would be here for a very, very long time. Um, my family, even now, you know, going through this whole season of waiting, you know, even through this adoption process, um, we know God's timing is perfect and he has this specific child for us, but there's times of doubt that can definitely creep in or um, discouragement because of the waiting and because of the unknown. But there is a verse that I have kept, you know, at the top of my Instagram page for years, which is Luke 145, you know, which says, blessed is she who believed that the Lord will would fulfill his promises to her. And it, it has always been so encouraging for me to go back and look and remember that God has always been faithful and keeps those promises. 
And I think for any woman going through a season of waiting or feeling like giving up or, or if you're just discouraged, I encourage you to remember that God is not done with your story. Um, he has not forgotten you or the word he has spoken to you. Um, and we can go back and look in his word and see that the waiting period can sometimes be days, it can be weeks or several years, but um, definitely one thing does remain and that is he is faithful through it all. And so, yes, well, I love that verse because several years ago, I, I will have to say many years ago, really, <laughs> I was my kids were all little, so they're all grown up and having children of their own and all that. So, you know, total different season of life. And at that point, I did, I really went into my closet and closed myself up in my closet mm -hmm. to be with the Lord because it was the only space that I could have, that I could have that peace and quiet. But this one particular night, I was really dealing with that kind of discouragement. Right. And just like, I mean, I don't know what you want me to do. I really think, you know, thought you said this, but then it's not happening. I don't, I don't know what to do with that. And <clears throat> The one thing that I felt like God gave me that night was just pay attention to what I say. Mm -hmm. You know, that was kind of the word. So when I got and went to go to bed that night, it was about midnight, I opened up my, um, I got in the bed and I saw my husband had left a little card on my pillow and I opened it up and it was from a friend and it had that verse on it. And it was like God saying to me, you know, just keep believing me. So it was such right. an encouragement. One of the reasons I love God's word so much is because he yeah. encourages us through it. So uh, well, let's talk about Sarah's decision to send her husband to sleep with her servant and mm -hmm. Abraham actually doing it. You know, yeah. I think we see this situation as a moral issue, but in that culture, it was perfectly legal to have a second wife. Um, and we've seen how culture of their day influenced their actions. And then in Warren Wearsby's commentary on Genesis, he stated, not everything that is legal or that appears to be successful is approved by the will of God. So there's always conflicts between culture and, and God, what God says and what culture, current culture approves and what God approves. So how do you, as a pastor's wife and woman called in ministry, feel this conflict between culture and God's will? Are there any measures or processes that you go through to help you in your life um, to live out in the culture that we live in, in our day and time, yet still fully confident that you have God's approval? Yes. Yeah, so um, honestly, our culture has changed so much. And it can definitely be a battle for me sometimes between is this what God wants or is this what the world wants? And I, and I think today there are parts of the Bible that Christians now ignore because of the influence of culture. Uh, for instance, yeah. you know, God intended sex for marriage, but now we see our culture just embrace casual sex. You know, we see it every time we turn the television on. Um, or we can take salvation where, you know, the Bible tells us only one way and that's through Jesus. But today we see religion as a more, you know, diversified view of faith and religion. Um, and I think that, you know, for me, the best indicator of God's approval is just listening to the Holy Spirit. Um, he is meant to help us to determine 
right from wrong. And if there is any inkling of doubt or, you know, this may not be okay, I think that we definitely need to listen to that. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We definitely need to listen and act on what the Holy Spirit teaches us, speaks to us rather than what the world around us does, because we may end up like Sarah in a big mess ourselves. Um, Sarah is in her impatience. She acted irrationally and it cost her a great deal. And it brought about conflict in her home and with her husband and with Hagar, who was also in her home. And so having conflict in our home and, and with our husband is bad enough. But to think about it with another woman in the midst of it, in the middle of your home, uh, just, you know, puts it on another level. So I think that we could reasonably say that Sarah wasn't very happy in her life at this point. She was probably tormented to some degree. I mean, I'm just thinking about it from my own perspective, but would be tormented by intimacy between Hagar and Abraham, which is why I think she said, my wrong be upon you. I gave my maidservant into your embrace. And when she saw she had conceived, I became despised in, in her eyes. And he says, the, she says, the Lord judge between you and me. So obviously there was some anger and bitterness in her heart over the situation, but it was a situation that she herself had created. Right. You know, too many times I, I think that, um, I've gotten over, gotten angry over a situation in my own life where if I look back on it and I really am honest with myself, I realized that I really kind of created that, mm -hmm. not intentionally, uh, but trying to make something work out that I, I really wanted. And right. if I look at the heart of my effort to work that out in my life, I also realize there's that lack of trust, that lack of confidence in what God's doing in the right. midst of um, my life. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so. a control thing for sure for women. Um, we want to take matter yeah. into our own hands. Um, you know, even looking back in Genesis yeah. at the fall, God pronounced judgment on Eve and said that her desire would be to rule over her husband or have control over him. And even, you know, I find myself doing that to James sometimes. Um, but today uh -huh. so many women want to take control over circumstances instead of waiting on God to let him work it out. Um, we see Sarah, you know, take matters into her own hands, which we see ultimately leads to bitterness and hatred and blame. And I have tried to control my own life many, many times and um, try to go through doors that God said were meant to be closed, um, which leads to bitterness and blame you know, towards God, um, for me. Um, but I've had to learn to wait and be patient, which is definitely not easy, but God has something, you know, so much better than what we can even imagine. So. Yes, absolutely. Well, after Ishmael was born, the one who was born to Hagar, God appeared to Abraham and he spoke specifically of his promise that um, Sarah would give birth to a son. And the year before that birth of Isaac in, in um, Genesis 17, 16, God said, I will bless her and also give you a son by her. 
and she shall be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall be from her. So Sarah was 90 years old when she birthed Isaac. And I love that all the mess that Sarah and Abraham had made in all their lives, but God remained faithful. We said that over and over again. And I just think that's so important for us to realize that God even still, I mean, it's not like we just throw our hands up and say, oh, well, I don't have to worry about being faithful, mm -hmm. but it's just God in his goodness is still faithful to, to us, even in our messes. And, you know, it reminds me of that second Timothy two thirteen. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. It is who he is. Right. You know, Sarah's life, uh, shows us detours and deviations in her faith journey, but God remained immovable and unshakable, totally good and totally faithful. And God gave her a place in the Hebrews Hall of Faith. I mean, that's just amazing. Hebrews 11, 11 says, By faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. I think it's interesting that God saw her faith, that he saw her faith even when, I mean, what I see is lack. I yeah. see a lack of faith a lot of the time when I'm looking at her story, mm -hmm. but God saw her faith in, in his faithfulness. And so maybe God allows more space for us to wrestle with our faith than we often allow one another or even allow ourselves. You know, yeah. The reality is Abraham and Sarah did not live perfectly before God. However, their life was branded by faith and illustrated this true faith walk where they trusted in the faithfulness of God. So with all that, just why don't we wrap up with that word of healing and encouragement to women who may be weary in their faith journey, may be weary and waiting on God to fulfill his promises in their life. Yeah, so... um. I have definitely been there in that season of doubt and discouragement and worry. And I think my best advice for any woman that may be going through a dry season, um, if you are weary and tired, if you are waiting and just frustrated, um, I want to encourage you to not lose heart. And I know that's so much easier said than done. Um, but just to press into the Lord in those difficult moments. Um, the word tells us, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything in prayer and supplication. And also to wait for the Lord, to be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. And I love that that verse repeats itself twice. You know, it tells us to wait on the Lord. Um, it's hard not trying to take matters into our own hands when we are not seeing the results that we want right away. Um, that's when you really have yeah. to take those thoughts to the Lord and just press in and trust that he is taking care of your life. Um, and that is definitely when faith, you know, where faith comes in. So, yes, you know, one of the verses that comes to my mind that God has just used over and over again is Galatians 6, 9, and it says, um, do not be weary while doing good for in due season, you will reap if you do not lose heart. And I'm, in those moments when I felt like I just, I don't know, I just want to give up or I'm discouraged about something that is one of those verses that he just seems to always bring back to me. It just seems to show up in those places and times when I really need it. So um, that is just a, a theme of scripture too, is him always 
telling us to press on, to keep pursuing and not to give up. So mm-hmm. such great lessons, you know, today. I I do want to thank you, Kirsten, for once again, just sharing some of your real life um, information, Laura, you know, from your life where you've been this pastor's wife and someone called to ministry and just getting to hear from other people's perspective is a lot of times really helpful. And just thank you for, for uh, doing her podcast and sharing that healing and encouragement for women in real life. And before we go, tell everyone how to find your blog and if someone wanted to reach out to you, how they could connect with you. Yes, absolutely. So um, again, my blog is um, called Unhidden Daughters. So you can type in unhiddendaughters.com and it should take you, the blog should pull up. Um, You can also reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram. I think my handle is Kirsten Doty 12. Um, and I would love to connect with you. So thank you again for having me. Oh, thank you. So good. Well, um, this week, your blog post will be up on On Fire Ministries. I should say onfire-ministries.org on the <laughs> blog. So we're excited about that as well. Um, and before I say goodbye, I do want to invite everyone to in, um, follow me on Instagram or Facebook or Pinterest, whatever you actually like your favorite social media platform, I guess I should say, to get biblical encouragement for Christian women. Remember, you can get free biblical resources on onfire-ministries.org and uh, a Bible study for you personally or for someone else, uh, a group study. You could do that as well. So if you found her podcast beneficial, please take a moment to rate, review, and share this podcast with others because it's a a way of getting it out there and it may be the very words that someone else needs to be encouraged to not give up in their faith journey today. And until we meet again, have a blessed and beautiful day.